There's time being wasted here. That's a quote from Leslie Tucker, retired lunch lady and now full-time online reseller. And it's part of a conversation you're about to hear between herself and Shalene Johnson from The Shalene Show. Keep listening for more on how Leslie was able to quit her nine to five, how she got started selling online, and the tips and tricks she has for you to begin making money right now. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. Well, I hope you enjoy this short clip of Shalene and Leslie discussing one of the many ways to make money online. It definitely motivated me to go looking through my own closet and try selling a few things on Facebook Marketplace. I ended up selling on there because, well, I'm on it often enough, (laughs) pretty much wasting time talking to people that I don't know and will probably never meet. (laughs) But really, it's because it's free and it's easy. And like a lot of the other reselling apps, they don't take a percentage of what you sell. So you keep what you make. Uh, I ended up earning about $300. And that was just from some jewelry and some boots. And I thought that was a pretty good return on investment. Um, And that gave me the bug to keep going. So since listening to Leslie talk about her success with Poshmark, I thought I'd go ahead and give that one a try. I haven't started yet, but I'm reading a book right now called Poshmark Unlocked by Shannon Jean, just to learn a little bit more. And like Leslie, he's had a lot of success there and writes about his journey of what worked for him there. So I'm excited to dig a little deeper into that as well as the Poshmark app that I just downloaded. Uh, Again, I haven't posted anything on there, but I'm having fun playing around with that. There is a reason I started the podcast off with a money episode. And of course, the most obvious choice is that for me, it's always on my mind. And I'm sure others as well, especially uh, with COVID in our midst, even more so. And with so much uncertainty, I thought I'd bring some hope that comes along with the financial opportunity that we have available today through the internet, which obviously that just wasn't the case not too long ago. I've been researching ways to supplement my own income for a while and thought I'd share what I'd found with you. It doesn't mean you'll resonate with everything as I haven't, but as I talk about what's worked for me and others, you know, maybe something will stick. Another very personal reason that I decided to start the podcast off with talking about money is financial independence. And when I say financial independence, I mean, whether you're single, single, whether you're in a relationship, whether one of you is only making money, whether both of you are making money, I think it's relevant in any of those scenarios. And as long as I can remember, I've done something to make money, even even as a kid, I had the, you know, the typical lemonade stand. And I started working even when I was, I think, 15 at a donut shop. So as soon as humanly possible, I wanted to make my own money because I wasn't getting it from my parents. And there were things I wanted to get that they weren't going to get for me, (laughs) such is the case for a lot of people. And so up until my own kids were at a certain age, I had a job. And then we moved and I ended up staying home. 
And as can happen, my priorities shifted and my family became my main focus. And that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) So speaking of conversations, ones that myself and my ex-husband never had was that of financial expectations and the roles that we both played in our relationship. And that was my first mistake. I say mine because I take full responsibility for it. I'm, I'm not a victim. It was just as much myself as it was him. And I can tell you this led to a lot of arguments and a lot of resentment on both sides. Mine because I felt like I always had to ask for permission to spend money. And if I didn't, then forgiveness and then feeling guilty afterwards. And his for feeling in his mind like I was trying to spend all his money that, that he spent all day earning. Now, the resentment starts with the action, but it ends up with the person. So you end up resenting each other. And my second mistake was not preparing for my future. So doing something even on the side to make and save a little money, for lack of a better term, for a rainy day. As we've recently seen with COVID, the future is really uncertain. And of course, that's not something that you can predict. But Other things aren't as well, like an illness or even the expiration of a relationship. I had both and was prepared for neither, but I should have been. By then, I did have a job, but it was pretty low paying and it was more for flexibility and just getting out of the house than anything. And when illness hit and the relationship ended, I once again was dependent on him and his good graces to support me until uh, things were finalized. And so I went from being in a relationship and being dependent financially to not being a relationship and still being dependent on him financially. (laughs) Not in the best place to be. So basically, I screwed myself. Uh, I gave my power away by allowing my welfare to be dictated by someone outside myself. And I'm sure you can guess that that's never a good idea. So it was definitely the case that for myself, I felt it was selfish to focus on my own well-being, like like that was somehow a moral failing. I mean, aren't we supposed to put others first? Aren't we supposed to make sure everyone's happy, even to our own detriment? I know that was the message I got growing up. Uh, I, I think things are changing now, but, you know, that stuff sticks and it stays with you. And now that I know better, I recognize how really how selfish Uh, and demoralizing that type of thinking actually is. If we take care of ourselves, we're much more able to care for others. What's that saying? You can't give from an empty cup. So not only that, but I have daughters. And what message does that send to them? Put yourself last? Yeah, no, (laughs) no way. Uh, And money is freedom, right? Freedom of choice, freedom of opportunity. It opens doors and not having it can limit our options and it influences our decisions. I mean, I, I wonder about all the people, you know, walking around today who are in a relationship because they can't afford not to be or people who never get well because of the high expense of medical care. And of course, who wants to be stuck in a situation just because they don't have the money to get out of it? No one. And unfortunately, it's often true that he who holds the purse strings makes all the decisions. So you just want to make sure that you're holding those purse strings too. And having access to people who are successful and earning a living online and then learning from them is a chance to do that. And, you know, I get it. My story, it's not your story. But, you know, think about your own reason for being financially free. Write them down if you have to. Let them be your motivation to create that financial independence and maybe to get going on starting your own little side business. 
you know, I can't help but look back and wonder what would life have been like had I realized this sooner. But you can't go back in time. And at least I can do something about that now. And so can you. So tune in to find out how. I spent a lot of time with you over the last week listening to all of your episodes on YouTube, on podcasts, your interviews, kind of your journey. And it's fascinating and it's inspirational because mm-hmm. so many people, I think, feel like they have to come up with their own idea. If they're going to make money, if they're going to start a business, I've got to invent something. I've got to create something unique. I have to open a boutique. I have to invest a ton of money. I have to have something that's you know, groundbreaking or inventive, right. revolutionary. But I personally believe that the very best way to help someone start a business is to have them make their first like $7 selling something online. And girlfriend, you are such an inspiration because of the way this started for you. So if you don't mind sharing with those listening a little bit about how this started for you. So yes, I am a reseller and it started for me about four years ago. My husband, who is a retired firefighter, he was retired when we met and I came into our relationship and had to work and he was retired. So we were passing ships and I said to him one day, teach me what you do because I wanted to do something to keep us working together. And he I started- stop you right there and say, like, I heard that in one of your episodes. <laughs> like that was, to me, yeah. that's such a great marriage tip. Yeah. And, you know, this wasn't intended to be a marriage tip, but right. it is so powerful to just take an interest in what yeah. our spouse does. And it is curious to find out how that has evolved for you, yes. the two of you. So I'm sorry, continue. No, no, no. Yeah, people do, they get amazed by that. But I think it's really important because we were previously married to other people. So I wanted to make sure we had a connection. And he really was selling on eBay and Amazon. And I would go to work and come home and he would be doing his thing. And I would say, wow, there's time being wasted there. So I said to Mm. him, just kind of show me what you do. And once he showed me like where he got his items and things like that, I said, I could probably do this. And remember that my sister had told me about this app called Poshmark. I didn't want to do eBay because it seemed like Thomas was already like grouchy about eBay. And I was like, I don't think I want to start there as a beginner. So Uh let me try out this Poshmark, which was very simple. Then you just downloaded the app. I took clothes that I already had from my closet. Beautiful. Plus Thomas would go. He was already, you call it sourcing. People, instead of thrifting when you're a person who's shopping to resell, you're sourcing. Mm. So I just said, bring me some women's clothes, some the combination of what I had in my closet, what my girls had, shoes, jewelry. I started selling things on Poshmark, just as simple as that, what I already had available. I love that. And so you did this initially just to connect with your husband and to make a few bucks. Yes. (laughs) And people laugh at me. I was working. I had a really great job. I was a lunch lady, made good money. And so when I started selling I could take that money and pay it on my daughter's lunch account. She went to a very exclusive school and I wanted her to be able to buy whatever she wanted. So mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I'm making a little bit of money. Let's just throw it all on her account so she can get the whatever she wanted to eat during the day and then maybe treat myself to a coffee at Wawa on Friday. And that really was- <laughs> Wawa, where do you live? Yeah, my goal. I live in Delaware. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So Wawa is very regional. We don't have any of those here in California. Oh, it's tons of Wawa everywhere you go here in Delaware. <laughs> I love it. So you're making a few bucks and are you thinking to yourself, this is fun? Are you thinking to yourself, 
this is giving me confidence. Mm-hmm. And may I ask if I can back it up a little bit, how long did it take from the time you listed your first item to the time you received your first online income payment? So it probably was about 48 hours. Wow. Talk about an instant boost in the arm. It's like a shot of like, okay, this is possible. Yeah. It was, it's 48 hours. I sold a pair of dance goes. So if anybody knows about dance goes, those professional work clogs. Yeah. They sell pretty well. So that was really exciting to me. Okay. So it's 48 hours later, you've made your first sale. Would you say that you were bitten by the bug at that point or was it still just a hobby? So it was still just a hobby. And this is a great situation for people who are working full time. And I worked for the school district. So as you know, with different school districts, you're off on holidays, you're off in the summer. So for me, it was casual. And then I would go full steam ahead on my breaks and the whole summer. And so it was such a great way to make some money in the summertime, just listing and doing the things that I need to do. And then when school started, I had a little money saved and I would kind of like slow down a little bit because now I'm back at work. Sure. And then when I started getting really stressed at work, I started thinking maybe I can do this full time. What can I do to make this full time? So I started like really investing time in it, listening to my husband, watching a lot of YouTube videos to find out how things sold, what were platforms that I could sell on to extend my business beyond Poshmark and just started working a little bit harder and listing more things and actually going beyond my own closet and now going to places to find items to resell. I consider that the earmark of a good entrepreneur. They realize I don't need to enroll in college to do this. The education is up to me. I can take it upon myself to learn exactly, precisely what I need to know. I don't have to follow someone else's syllabus or take classes that are not of use to me. I can design my own coursework. I can decide what platforms I want to intimately understand and how to get better at this. And in the process that through that education, you start making more money. Mm -hmm. And I know the million dollar question from so many people who get in that transitionary stage where they're like, okay, hmm, could I quit? Could Mm -hmm. I quit doing what I'm doing to do what I'm having fun doing? And they often think, and I'm going to ask you this question, see if you agree. They often think that they have to replace their income. And I always just say, you just need to see that it's possible. Exactly. If I spent 40 hours a week doing this thing, I can see based on what I've done part-time that it's possible to replace and exceed what it was I was doing at my full-time job. Did you get to the point where your income had already replaced or did you just see the potential? I saw the potential. So once I saw the potential and I knew that I had options, right? So at this point, I'm like, I really want to leave my job. I was new to Delaware, so I wasn't invested in my job. I wasn't worried about a pension or anything like that, like my coworkers were. So I started thinking I do have options. And so I sat down and came up with a plan with my husband I wrote out a plan myself, how much money I needed to take care of the household income okay. that we share and how much money I needed to invest back into my business. And I also opened up several banking accounts because mm-hmm. I wanted to have different accounts. So I put all that in place before I even thought, yes, this is, could possibly be a business that replaces my income. I just kind of started the groundwork of it just to see again, like you were saying, the possibilities and the potential of maybe taking this thing full time. 
I love that. Taking pen to paper is such a powerful thing to do. You make a confident decision. You're not like wondering, hmm, does this feel like the right thing? You, you've got numbers. You're like, okay, well, here's the minimum amount I need to make. Yeah. And how long before you, you know, between the time that you created the plan and you were able to execute it? So I created the plan in April of 2018. So of course I'm working, I'm at work. And by then I was definitely, after I showed it to my husband, I said to him, because you know, often people make decisions that don't include their spouse, but I wanted to make sure that he was okay with it, you know, not getting permission, but then we were on the same page. And I said to him, look, I'm thinking about coming home. What do you think about that? And he said, I am 100% with you on this. I'm surprised it's taking you so long is what he said to me. Definitely. Yeah. So in April, I really just started working my plan. School ends here in June. So from April to June, I came home from work and I literally ate, slept and drank the business as if it were a full-time business just to start preparing myself. And then when June hit and the last day of school, I went full force with just working the business 100% as if it was my business, my full-time business. Yeah. And I had a six-month plan. So my goal was to leave my job in six months. I was able to actually implement it in three months. How amazing is this? How amazing is the world that we live in today where most of the apps that you and I are going to talk about today, they're free? Yes. Okay. So let me give you a couple of rapid-fire questions if you're all right with that, Leslie. Did you have to invest a ton of money to get started? No, I didn't. Because remember, initially I started with clothes I already had yep. and clothes that Thomas already had. And then when you're reselling, you can go to thrift stores to yeah. find what you're looking for. Did you have to invest a ton of money creating your own website or e-commerce site? No, you use an app that's already available to sell on. Did you have to have a lot of business experience? No, the apps provide everything you need step by step. Did you have to know a lot about technology and shipping and have like a special printer, those kinds of things? No, you do not. You do need a printer, but you do not need a special printer or any special equipment. I used my phone, same equipment that I used back then in 2016 when I started. Right now in 2020, I still use the same. I have my same old printer and I use my phone, my own iPhone. Back then I had an Android, but my iPhone is everything. It's my camera. It's my the place where I list and do the different things. So nope, no fancy equipment. Do I need to know a bunch of skinny models to put my clothes on them and take pictures of them? You do not. You can put (laughs) things on a hanger, on a hook, use a command hook on a blank wall, or you can do something called a flat lay where you lay your items down on a nice backdrop and take photos. That's so cool. I just want to say before we go much further that you provide a wealth of information to people and I encourage them to take a look below this episode where they will find a link to your podcast, which has, you just go through basically month by month by month telling people exactly what you're doing. We basically follow your journey from starting this as a hobby into Mm -hmm. making this a full-time career. And you interview just a ton of people who have all the, you know, Depop and Poshmark and Etsy and eBay, like you have all the experts there. It's, just a wealth of free information. So I encourage people who want to continue with their education to check that out. 
And we've got more things to share with people on how they can connect with you. But Leslie, as promised, I want to walk people through the process. I am going to clean out my house this weekend. Yes. And I want to start listing things. So I'm already overwhelmed, right? Like I'm literally, I'm not just pretending I'm going to do this girl. Mm -hmm. And so do I start with my kitchen stuff? Do I start with the old lamps that are in the garage that I kind of want to just donate? Or should I start with my clothes? Like, how do I get focused and organized to know where to start first and what to do next? That's a really good question. I would suggest find, grabbing the items that are easily accessible because the items in the garage are probably shoved somewhere or whatever, but your clothes is the easy way to go. You yeah. can decide, let me pull everything out of the closet, go through the items that you are no longer wearing. We all have an excessive amount of clothes that we're no longer wearing. We probably, especially now, yes. only wear about five things a week. Um, I live in yoga pants all day long, so I no longer need all the dresses and the shoes. So pull out your shoes, pull out your purses, pull out all of your dresses, Okay, anything that you own, and just go through everything. And this is also a good time to decide what you could possibly no longer wear all of the things with holes and things like that. Grab all the items that are really still good. And those are the items you should start with. Okay. So the first thing I'm doing is going to pull everything I'm not using. Yes. And then I have to decide between with these things. Okay. Is this donate pile or is a sell pile? Exactly. And how do I decide what is a donate and what is a sell? Well, your donate pile, because you know we all have probably have that shirt that has holes or things in it. That's your comfortable shirt. You don't want to try to sell that to someone. Mm. So you want to take the shirt that's the good top. So say, okay. for instance, we can use what we're going through now. You may have been laid off or have some challenges. So this is a time to recoup money from clothes that are sitting in your closet that you would normally wear to maybe your corporate job or mm -hmm. if you're a teacher or something. Pull those items out. Look at them. Find out what you could possibly get for them mm -hmm. and then list them for sale. Let's talk about that. Well, two questions. Number one, do I need to dry clean them or steam them or make minor repairs before I sell them? That's question number one. Question number two is how do I know how to price things? Okay. So the first thing is I personally don't do any minor repairs. It's just too, it becomes too much work. Even if you're like a novice and you're just starting, you don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> like, you know, if it literally, if it has holes or stains or anything like that, you know, that's the go, or you can just keep that for lounging around. Yeah. Now, as far as cleaning, it, it should definitely already be clean. I mean, you should be, at least wash it or something like that because you don't want to send anything to anyone that has any type of smells and that includes mm. like cigarette smells you don't want to have any cat fur or anything like that so you want to wash it use a lint roller okay. that's really important no one wants to get something and it's been in the house with a pet and it's dog fur all over a black shirt or something like that so second question was the plan we know oh, how, no, how much you, you how much you know at the price well Pricing, they call that comping. You go and you check the comps, which is the comparables. So okay. a good way to check is you, first of all, you pick the platform that you want to sell on. All right. Right. And then that could be later conversation. And you just yep. go in and you look up your item in the sold category. So oh. in every platform, you click, you type in your item, you type it in, it comes up. Then there's an area where you can click sold. So you want to go in and see all the items that are like yours or similar to yours, right? That have sold and you'll get an idea of what that item sold for. So there's going to be always like a high range or a low range. And that just depends on, you're a new person. So you're probably going to 
price lower. A person who's been in business for a little bit longer probably knows what they can get for an item. So if you purchased it for 100, it's probably going to go for about 70. It may, and then a person who really is not interested in getting a whole lot of money, which is usually the new person, they may price it at 30. So your $30 item is going to sell faster than the $70 item. What advice do you have for me? Like if I have this giant, which I do, a giant pile of clothing right now on my bed, Mm -hmm. is there a way that you can share with us to systematize this process of taking photos Mm -hmm. and, and then do I just throw them all back in a laundry basket? Like, is there a way to keep this kind of organized and not lose my mind? So one thing you can do, which I call it batch work. So once you decide what you're going to do now, you decide I'm going to sell this pile of clothes. What I would say do is take a couple hours in one day and just take photos of everything at one time. Okay. And then maybe hang everything up is would be the best thing to do. First of all, as a person who's been doing this, I have a clothing rack in an area that I work from. But if you don't put everything on a hanger or designate a drawer or even a bin Mm -hmm. and then slowly pull those items out. And you're going to list them after you've taken your photos. Once you decide what platform you're going to sell on. What do you think? Not a bad way to make a few bucks from home and with things you already own. So if this is something that interests you and you'd like to go deeper into the conversation with Leslie and Shaleen, please check out the full episode. It's called Clean Out Your Closet and Make Money Reselling Your Clothes with Leslie Tucker. And that's on The Shaleen Show podcast link is in the show notes along with both Shaleen and Leslie's social media in case you want to follow them and learn more as well as a link to the book I mentioned Poshmark Unlocked if you'd like to check that out so if you enjoyed today's show please share it with someone who you think might benefit and until next time thanks for listening